to the Mental More Mindset Podcast. I'm Yaa. As a peak performance coach and lifestyle architect, I help women who are ready to reach their next level, eliminate negative self-talk and break through what's been holding them back so they can have clarity, confidence and prosperity in their career and lifestyle. This podcast is to empower you with a Mental More Mindset and help you reach your next level so you can uncover your purpose, reclaim your power and reach your potential. This means no longer living by default but dreaming big and pushing yourself to be, do and have more. I want everyone to know that change is possible, that you are not alone, and there is an alternative way forward, because when you change your mind, it will change your life. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our next episode of the Mental More Mindset. Today, I have the amazing Vicky Wishane with me. Vicky, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Thank you, amazing you um, <laughs> Yes, so my name is Vicky Wishay. I started out investing in property, I would say, back in 2004, and I now work with small business owners and senior managers in businesses to recognize what a wealthy life would mean for them. And what a wealthy life is, is that life when you choose how to spend your time. You've created a world for yourself where what matters to you most is what you can focus on. I love that. So I'm going to um, start off with a little bit of an icebreaker. Tell us something about you that most people don't know. So what don't you know about me? <laughs> Trouble is, I tend to talk a lot. So you probably know a lot of things. I would say most people don't know quite how stressed I am at the moment over our home build. So we have, you know, done a property investment portfolio we've sold some of those properties off we're using some of that money to renovate our home and we're doing this wraparound extension and I'm supposed to know about the property business I'm also very competitive and I decided that we could build this extension in four weeks and we're now at about week eight and we're nowhere near finished and I had to have a little stomp and a cry and a chat to myself in the corner um and, and tell myself to get over it because my, I don't know, focus and determination can sometimes drive me into crazy self-competitiveness where the only person I'm competing against is myself. Um, and therefore, uh, I am both always the winner and the loser because with, even if I win, I also yeah. I came first and I came second. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm mad. Maybe that's the mm. thing that people although maybe people did know I was mad as well <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about your professional journey and how you got to where you are now so I, I think this is going to be really interesting to your listeners I was a university lecturer I got made redundant I had a go at uh, being a consultant because I thought what I could do is take the knowledge that I'd had in my job and apply that out in the workplace because I knew there was a need. So when I was in the job, I knew there was a need. I knew there was a demand. But one of the things that I missed was the fact that, yes, it's got to be something you're good at. Yes, it's got to be something there's a market for, but it's actually got to be something that they're prepared to pay for. Yeah. And when I was a university lecturer, I worked on projects that were funded by government. And so all of my prospective client pool had never had to pay for me. There'd been government funding. So yeah. I'd come to them and I'd offered myself effectively for free because the government was paying me in this role. And uh -huh. now trying to turn it around and going, oh, 
and I'd like X amount of hundreds of pounds a day as a consultant just didn't work. So I really had to rethink, well, what's my life then? You know, because I had loved the job um, as a university lecturer, working with young people to help them find their entrepreneurial paths. I'd really wanted to do that. And I'd been on regeneration projects and everything. And now I couldn't do that because I, well, I could, I could do it for free. But at that time, I didn't have the property portfolio. So I needed to have something that was going to generate an income. And then I just stumbled on property. And when I say I've stumbled on property, the interesting thing about the thing that you stumble on is sometimes it's been there all the time in your life. You just didn't have the word to describe it. So when I discovered the word property investment, it's like it rippled back through my timeline and went, oh, yeah, that that moment there, that could have been property investment. And oh, when that thing happened, we could have done property investment then. And when this thing happened, we were actually talking about property investment. We just didn't use those words. And it just felt like that jigsaw piece had just slotted in the right place. Um, Yeah. And so 2004, we bought our first um, family collective with my sister and I bought our first few properties. 2007, we bought some more. And then Bob, my partner, and I bought some. And then 2008, that was it. I did some training. I knew this was the thing I wanted to do. I'd been made redundant for about 18 months at that point. And I just we just headed off and, and been doing it ever since and helping people create property businesses and wealthy lives. Oh, that's amazing. That's so good. So what gets you up in the morning and motivates you to keep going? I think sometimes it's quite a flip way of saying it, but I actually love what I do. Um, And I think that I have the privilege of loving what I do because I have generated the income that allows me to choose what I do. You know, so it's we're all taught to go to school and to go out and get a job. And the reason we're taught to get a job is we're taught to get a job because we need money. And why do we need money? Because we have to conform to society's things. So we have to buy a house, we have to buy a car, then we have to buy all this other stuff. And in buying all this stuff, unlike our parents who saved up, a thousand pounds, which was a lot of money in those days, and then bought a house for a thousand pounds. There's no way that we can ever save up two thousand pounds, two hundred thousand pounds to buy a, a house. We wow. have to get a mortgage, and then because we've got a mortgage, we've got debt. So then we have to then keep working. So yeah. we then, it's like society locks us in with all these little handcuffs yeah. to, to the hamster wheel. So we have to keep going. Whereas, what if you could do it the other way around? What if I could say to you? And I think you're there anyway now. Um, And there's little other secret bits that we know that we know why you're where you are. But what if you could do what would make your heart sing? So let's use that as a phrase. Now, this might be music. This might be art. This might be helping people. This might be saving the planet. This could be anything. This could be travel. So it could be anything that we sometimes loosely call a a hobby. It could be something to do with family and making memories. It could be something to do with your mission and your passion, that style of things. But what if you could do what makes your heart sing? And now what if we could then go, "Hmm, so that makes you really happy, that thing. Are you good at it? And could you monetize it as well? And if the answer is yes, then we could go to the next thing. Okay, so you're really good at this thing and you could monetize it. 
are there people that would want to pay for it? And if the answer is yes, then you could sort of like take this thing you're passionate about and turn it into a job, but turn it into a job in a way that you could still remain passionate about it. And the counter example I would give to you is that I like to think of myself as a property mermaid. I invested in property so that I could scuba dive all over the world. Bob and I frequently would go diving and I would like not always be able to switch off in the first few days. And I would go, oh, you know what we could do? It was always one of those, oh, you know what we could do? And one of those was, oh, you know what we could do? We could set up a dive center in Egypt because we loved diving in Egypt. We had this place, Shamal Sheikh, that we used to go to a lot. We could open up a dive center there or buy an existing dive center, whichever. And we'd be able to dive every day. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah. And because we had a business, we could get an apartment and then we could just live there. No. And you know why? Because we love scuba diving. What we didn't want to be doing is spending our day taking around numpties in the water. And when I yeah. say that, I mean, some of the tourists should not have been allowed on a plane, never mind allowed in scuba gear under the water. We don't want to don't want to have to like sh shepherd yeah. underwater cats, herd, herd underwater cats with all the health and safety that would take the joy out of it. So you go down the line of what would make me happy? Could I monetize it? Will someone pay for it? If yes, you could turn a business out of it as long as it will still make you happy in the end. If any of those other things fail, like I'm really passionate about this. Could I make it a business? No. Or. I could make it a business because I have the skills, but no one yeah. will pay me enough money. Well, then you keep that as your hobby, your passion. And now yeah. let's look at how you can make money out of the other stuff that you have so that yeah. you can earn money in a different way and then yeah. still do the thing that you love doing on the side. So an example of that would be, I love helping people create wealthy lives. So my clients pay me for consultancy. And some of them go on and invest in property and they pay me to help them invest in property. But because I make enough money, in fact, more than enough money out of that side of my business, uh -huh. I can actually spend time with people who can't afford my services uh -huh. because they're in financial debt, talking to them about how they can turn their stuff around. So I'll meet people networking and I'll offer them a, a complimentary call and we'll have a call and I'll work with them to sort of see, you know, have you thought of looking at your debt this way round? Have you looked at your spending habits this way round? And so my passion to help mm. people understand money more, remove debt from their lives so they remove stress from their lives so they become happy is a very easy thing to do because mm. I have a business that generates the income that enables me to live so then I can choose to do these other things on the side. I love that. And what I heard when you were talking was how self-aware you are. So where does that self-awareness come from? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think I may always have been like that. And it's really interesting you pick up on that because yeah. I did a podcast with a, a couple of guys from America. And one of the things they do is they run you through their test. Mm -hmm. um, and this test, I scored off the charts for self-awareness <laughs> they they said that they'd never met anybody with the, the combination of scores I'd got they'd never mm. met anybody with the level of uh, self-awareness I don't know is it just is it is it just my mum said I think too much <laughs> my mum said I think too much if I, if you didn't think so much you wouldn't have so many problems 
Okay. Well, actually, in thinking about things, I can Uh work out where I have challenges, where I have opportunities, you know, and then I can deal with those things and and move on. And and maybe there's a little bit of the environment in there because, Uh I mean, my children were both under three, I think, when my marriage broke up Uh Um, and I was a single mum. And I had to get on with things. So you 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 do have to think about things. How can yes. I bring money into the house because there's no other partner? How can I feed my children? One of the things I used to really worry about was what if I got sick, right? Uh, How would I look after the kids? Now, I could have picked up the phone and my mum and dad would have just brushed over. It wouldn't have been an issue. But I froze a loaf and I froze four pints of milk and I kept a jar of jam unopened in the cupboard because if I was so ill, if I could just get myself downstairs and get the milk and the bread out of the freezer, uh-huh. then the kids, I could just make them jam sandwiches and cope. You know, but uh-huh. it's all this, or, you know, if this happens, what can I do about that? So, yeah, I don't know. I think I probably need counselling now, don't I? No, <laughs> no, I love your your proactivity because it's just, because I think that's where a lot of people um fall down is that that level of they're very reactive so everything's happening for them as opposed to being able to think ahead and think about okay what can I do in this situation should this happen and be in a place where you're actually making things work for you even before they've even happened in some cases and with that I know that you meant you spoke briefly about um having to become a single parent can you talk me through that a little bit please yeah and I I think that ties in with what you were saying because when you said that I went "Hmm." just yeah that's another because sometimes in in having these podcast conversations or just conversations with people I get an insight and and maybe another one of the reasons is there were two things that happened to me which um caused me to have to react in a way that was surprising so I got married I never thought I was going to get divorced I never thought Mm. that I was going to be a single parent that wasn't the plan yeah um and so when that happened, it was like, oh goodness, now I've got to stand up. Now I've got to, right. now I've got to get on with it. And I, I don't want to be in that position again. I don't want to get right. caught out with the children and, and struggle on my own. And then also with the redundancy, when I was made redundant in 2006, I loved that job so right. much. I loved that job. I was a university lecturer. I absolutely loved that job. And I made all my team redundant and then surprised myself when I was the last person standing going, well, okay, so now you have to be redundant. And Mm. I'd sort of forgotten that that was going to be the end of the process. Mm. And with that, bearing in mind I'm a single mum, all the financial security goes. Yes. Now now I'm back where I was again. Uh And I know for a fact, I made a decision when I was made redundant. I was never going to allow anyone to be responsible for my financial future or my financial abilities again. I might get another job. I might set up my own business. I might do something, but I'm never going to rely on one stream of income again. And I'm never going to allow, and that one stream of income could either be one job or it could be one person or it could be one customer and so I was never going to do that again I was going to create my life and that's how property came in for me because mm-hmm. we had a house and then it was quite easy 
in inverted commas, quite easy to release some equity from the house that gave me that opportunity to buy an investment property. And the investment property generated enough money that it paid its mortgage, it paid the additional on my mortgage, and it gave me some spare money. And I didn't need that spare money, so it sat there and it built up. And now all of a sudden, whatever I'm doing over here, whether uh-huh. it's a job or a business, I've got property on the other side generating some money coming in. Yeah. Oh. So I've got so many questions. But the first one I heard about, I heard in my head was resilience. Where does your level of resilience come from? Because for so many people, I know I've definitely been there before in my life where things, bad things happen and you just kind of want to cower in a corner. But your thing was actually to get up and stand up and keep going. So where does that come from for you? I think probably the children. I didn't have a choice, did I? You know, when uh, was was the divorce the first bad thing that happened to me? Let me just I think it probably was, you know, Uh I think prior to getting divorced, both my parents were still alive. Yeah, my grandparents had died, but, Uh you know, they were older. And that's sort of what happens when you're younger. Uh You don't really Uh understand it. So I still have my mom and dad. I still have my sister. I was poodling along. I'd met this man. Uh I thought we loved one another. We did da 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 da. We even tried living together and it seemed okay. And then we got married and then it changed. Probably I changed as much as he changed, but it changed. And then other circumstances like him losing his job. And then then we went bankrupt and we lost our family home. And at the time I was seven and a half months pregnant with my first daughter. And we were facing eviction and we couldn't get rehoused with the council so this was back in 1988 is that right 1988 sometimes I'm so I look back at the ages and I go oh I must be so old yeah 1980 <laughs> 1980 well yeah you're not no no but the, the, I have yeah. to lie I need to lie about this no I don't mean 1988 I mean 2008 because <laughs> otherwise you'll work out how old I am an hour again but anyway back on track so yeah so about 88 so you know when we still had red, red phone boxes and, and a mobile mm-hmm. phone was the mm-hmm. size of a small plank yes. and the council would step in and help you in those days mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we couldn't get the council support until all of our possessions were removed from our house and put on the pavement only at that point, because then we are homeless, uh-huh. only at that point will the council then step in. Ooh. But I'm seven and a half months pregnant. Yeah. So needless to say, blood pressure goes up. Vicky yeah. goes into hospital. Baby comes early. Oh, wow. um, and I and I stayed in hospital for 10 days. And uh-huh. in that 10 day period, uh, my then husband moved us out of that house uh-huh. and got us another rental property that we can mm-hmm. move into and so then when we privately rented but that's that's sort of like the mm, the foundation of stress that then start mm. to build in the marriage because then he started his own business and then that that went down the pan and then he was unemployed mm. and then he was sitting around and then alcohol gets introduced wow. and then with alcohol comes aggression and at the end of it you know you find yourself in a position where the baby that you moved in with newborn and she's now three and there's another baby around as well and you're just going this isn't this isn't the life I want yeah you know this isn't the life I want and this isn't the life I want my daughters and I don't know if I would have felt different if one was a son but I don't want my two girls to see me as a woman 
yeah. accepting this treatment. So I had to do something. Wow. And and I've just, I think I've just done that ever since. It's cowering has its place, I suppose. Uh-huh. So you, you don't you don't run from an elephant. You stand, you stand from an elephant and you try and look bigger. But uh-huh. you know, if there are a couple of lions coming after you, you do want to shift it a bit if you can, because you don't stand a lion down, you know. So there's yeah. there's a time to cower, maybe. Uh-huh. But it's not something that has been my natural approach. It's been there's a problem, right? Come on then, how are we going to get over this? Uh-huh. And I love what I love about it is is that you're still such in a place where you're giving. You're still very very giving. And um, how did you maintain that? Because that kind of having lived the life that you've lived before, it could have made you tough or hard hardened you and hardened your heart in particular but it doesn't seem to have I think it's gratitude you know Mm. when when my marriage broke up I moved back into my parents now as a parent myself now I know that you know even though my children have have gone that if they need me I'm always going to be there I might be you know 372 I'll always be there for my children obviously I won't because you know what I mean you'll always (laughs) be there for your children so obviously my parents were going to be there for me, but I was still grateful that my parents were there for me Yeah, because like my mum and dad suddenly, yeah, they loved their grandchildren, but I mean, did they really want them sleeping in the bedroom next door? Uh-huh. You know, so me and the two girls both moved into the bedroom next door to my mum and dad's. And, wow. you know, I know my dad likes to lie in bed, but you know, the kids are up and we got a tiptoe past him sleeping yeah. because there was no corridor. We were just, we were just in a room off of their room. Yeah. So there, there was that gratitude. But then there was also a friend of mine at the time. Her mum was getting new saucepans. And I just, I remember this so clearly. Her mum mm. was getting new saucepans and she sent me a box with her old saucepans in so mm. that when I then got housed and I got a place, I went to the um, the charity furniture store and I got all yeah. my charity furniture. I went to the charity shops and I picked up what I wanted. And this friend's mum gave me her old saucepans. Wow. My mum, never to bits, her thing was cleaning. So she gave me a cardboard box full of cleaning products. Wow. I'm just thinking that, well, they're not going to be any use. (laughs) That's not not me. I'm not going to be cleaning. Anyway, you know, I was still grateful. But it was that, you know, I was so grateful to so many people. And then because I had that word, grateful or gratitude uh-huh. Uh-huh. I could see that it was like glasses that I permanently wore I'm, I'm yeah. seeing things always through the filter of gratitude so when I got that university job so quickly I got divorced I moved into my parents then we got rehoused and as soon as uh-huh. I got rehoused thank you for your, again gratitude to the council yeah. I was lucky I got the council house and thank uh-huh. you to the man who lent his house to the council scheme that then made it available ah. for me. So it wasn't a council council house. It was a privately, effectively what I do now. Bizarrely. Yeah. Yeah. And then I decided, well, what I need to do is I need to get myself on the path. And I thought something like a secretarial course, that's what people seem to do, isn't it? That's what women do. They get a secretarial course. Yeah. And I went along to the university and I remember the lecturer. I can't remember his last name, but his first name was Alan. And he mm-hmm. said to me, you don't want a secretarial course. Why don't you do a degree? And he helped me get on a degree of maths and computing. And wow. I never thought I was clever enough to do that. So needless to say, I then do a, three, years of a univer- three years of a university degree in two and a half years. Wow. There's competitive Vicky again. 
So I complete a three-year degree in two and a half years. Yeah. Not only that, I get a first-class honours, competitive Vicky again. And then in that process, in that last, you know, in the two, two years that I was there, I held down five part-time jobs. Wow. Because I would get a grant from the government Mm-hmm. uh not job seekers allowed but a grant that covered me during the summer holidays yeah because during the summer holidays I didn't get the grant that went with the degree so the degree yeah. gave you a maintenance grant so of yeah. course now I'm learning about money and I've got to manage money so I've got mm-hmm. my my fees were paid because I'm so old I get a maintenance mm-hmm. grant that covers me during term time but every time mm-hmm. there's no term the yeah. money isn't there so it's calculated on some 30 weeks then I get benefits for the little bit in the summer holiday yeah but actually that doesn't cover 52 weeks of the year there are gaps because I wouldn't get paid for the two weeks over Easter I don't get paid for the two weeks over Christmas and you can't Uh get on and off of benefits quickly enough that you get on and get off before you're back into term so I had to make this money eke out so Uh I got part-time jobs um and I would go in every morning drop one daughter at school the other daughter the younger one in the nursery at the university and then I would go and switch all the computers on and then in the evening I would switch all the computers off and that was my one of my little jobs and then I started lecturing and so now I'm really grateful to Cammy because Cammy was talking about how she didn't want to do a teaching job I very flippantly because I was older you know I went to university at 28 and I just said to her oh I'll do that for you and she said can you teach PageMaker, which was um, a software on a, on an Apple yeah. Mac? And I yeah. was a PC girl. Can you teach PageMaker? And I went, do you have a copy of it? And she said, yes. And she said, um, uh, so could you, could you teach this? And I went, well, if I prepped the class, could you check it for me? So all the way along, I never said I could do it because I couldn't mm. do it. I'd never used a Mac. I'd never used PageMaker. None of this. So then I obsessively prepared all of these lessons, all of the notes, and I did it all over the summer holiday. And then I took it into her to show what I'd got for my lesson plans. And then I started doing a teaching course. And, you know, it's just all of this, just constantly, right, what's the what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Uh All through gratitude, but also, and it's and I used it on one of my old websites, this feeling of I'm not special though. Because if uh-huh. I can do this, you can do this. Yeah. Or if I'm doing this in a way, why aren't you doing this? Because you could. Yes. Because I found that people would turn around to me and go, it's all right for you, Vicky. Well, what do you mean it's all right for you? Oh, well, it's all right for you because you've got property investments. Well, how do you think I did that? You know, I, I uh-huh. leveraged what we had. Yeah. I worked out what we had. I leveraged what we had and I worked out mathematically that it would be better for us to do this. And then that generated more because you know elves and the shoemaker one yeah. piece of leather makes two shoes and two shoes yeah. buy one keep one and and then what's the next thing that I need to deal with what's the next thing that I need to deal yeah. with and not there wasn't really a reason to ever cower for me once the marriage ended it was uh-huh. it was about what can I do to improve the situation for myself and my children and make us resilient and resilience comes from financial resilience. You, we live in a society we can't get away from it where you have to have enough money uh-huh. to cover your basic bills. Yes. And it's quite nice if you can have more than enough money. So you've got to have that resilience. And resilience comes from having a bit of spare in the bank. Yeah. 
So cover your bills so that you don't spend more than you earn. Preferably get to the point where you spend less than you earn. Put the extras to one side, put the extras to one side. And as Uh constantly as you're getting extras to one side, then you can be in the position where you build up a bit of a reserve and you keep building the reserve until Uh you get to the point where you've got a month's spare money. Then you've got two months spare money. Then you've got three months. Now, three months spare money covering your rental, your mortgage, your utilities and everything. If anything happens, you get a bit of notice sometimes. Even if you didn't get any notice, you've got three months in which to turn it around. Yeah. Now you can relax. Yeah. Now you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that is really, really, really true. What I'm hearing again from you is just this power of yes. So there's always a thing of how can I do it? There's never a thing of it's not I can't do this or, you know, Woe is me. It's always, how can I do it? How did that develop? No idea. (laughs) Honestly, no idea. I think it's just me. But what I I would just say, because if you are someone that's out there listening at the moment and you're struggling, whether you're struggling to make your business successful or you're struggling Uh with your home life or anything, I do have some woe is me times. There'll be Uh a couple of times a year you know, for maybe a week, 10 days, at worst 14 days, doesn't really go that long anymore. And and then just a mood comes over me. And what I find that triggers it for me is comparison. Uh-huh. When I when I look at where I am, and then I look at what someone else is doing, and I'm going, again, because it's the competitive thing. Well, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing what they're doing? Why haven't you done this many properties or why have you got that many and, and I'm not driven by cars I'm not really driven by any of the mm. stuff and then I have to go shh, shh, shh. just listen for a minute Vicky is that mm. what you really want no yeah. do they work five days a week do you want to work five days a week no do you want to work three days a week yes do you work three days a week yes so are you happy with what you've got yes so what are you being miserable about why are you comparing yourself with someone who has a life that you don't even want mm-hmm. and then I'll go I don't know and then I calm down and then I'm okay again. But it just, and I think as much as you can try and avoid it, our society in the first world is driven towards comparison. Our, our parents would have had a phrase, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with yeah. the neighbours. Mm-hmm. And now it's on social media. You know, you see it all the time. And there's always someone bragging about this and bragging about that. And we yeah. don't really know the truth of their lives. You know, and, we, and celebrity culture. I mean, you know, everybody wants to be a celebrity. Why? Yeah. How many celebrities have got solid, happy relationships? And you could have a solid, happy relationship if you're a normal person. It seems to me that every celebrity, mm-hmm. because it's in the glare, their relationships break up. Look at how many people die as celebrities from drug overdoses because of insecurity so we think they're great but really they're insecure are you insecure now no so why do you want to give up what you've got now to put yourself in the glare where you will be insecure where your relationships will be scrutinized your weight will be scrutinized that pimple you get that hair out of place the the wrong shoots anything is all scrutinized and none of that is relevant if what you've got is a you know a a strong and loving family friendship Mm -hmm. group you know that's what what we need that's what's the priority for us have that as your nice foundation yeah 
think how you want to spend your time, work out how you're going to get the money so that you can spend your time in the way that you want. That's it. Who needs celebrity? You know, don't do the comparison. But even though I know that, even though I preach that, it can filter in still. Yeah. And you have to go, oh, is that really what I want? Yeah. And put that's, yourself back. That's, I think that's, you just, you just hit the nail on the head there, like figuring out what it is that you want for yourself. And in terms of that, what I want to ask you is, what's something that you wish you would have known at the start of your career that you think would have helped you? Oh, it has to be property. It mm. has to be property. I would have, I would have bought property much sooner. Um, I, yeah, I think not because I want to have a million properties or a or hundred properties even because that affects oh. your time that you've, you've got to work harder yeah. at. But because I think there were some opportunities that maybe I wasn't brave enough and quite frankly when we first started buying the properties because Bob had his job and we could live on his money all the money I generated was surplus money uh-huh. we had the most amazing holidays <laughs> oh my gosh we have been all over the place from you know months at a time in South Africa a month in in uh, driving up Australia's coast wow. um Thailand everybody's been to Thailand but we've been to uh, Indonesia we've been mm. to um, Papua Guinea and to Cree and, and we've done the other side we've done Mexico and Cuba and the States and mm. Hawaii and scuba dived and the Maldives and Sri Lanka and I could go on and on and on mm. and we have just had the most amazing holidays because I'm a mermaid I need to yeah. I need to be in the water and fortunately Bob's my dive buddy and he loves traveling too and and everywhere that we've been we've dived um everywhere that we've been has predominantly been war waters except for Norway and Iceland for seeing the northern lights uh, and we would have easily easily have say a major holiday like going out to Indonesia or somewhere that takes sort of like a three four week period and then still have maybe another two two week holidays and still maybe have a couple of weekends because I had this money coming in from property and you asked me Uh what might I have done differently would I really have had less holidays in order to buy another property I don't know if I would really because when I think about it now I'm so excited about the holidays I've had Uh would I change it Mm, no but it is very definitely about and this isn't this isn't a plea to sell you property please don't don't think that but you know this because we can have this conversation is today is the day that the property is is the best day to invest in property yes definitely it does generally just go up there might be a small blip where it comes down but generally property just goes up in price and therefore the sooner you start the sooner you get on that ladder the better and it's not always about buying your dream house in your dream location and if you can't afford it being forced to rent if you Uh have the money then invest somewhere that will then pay you the money to rent where you want to live but can't afford to buy yes no exactly so it's just it's that really and and doing more of this even sooner I think I just yeah I'm I'm so happy I'm so grateful I'm so fortunate Uh I work hard that's not the word I am determined to create the life I want and when uh-huh. I need to, I, I 
put a lot of energy into it. And then other times I just, I'll go on holiday or I'll sit in the garden and enjoy myself. I love that. I absolutely love that. So outside of property, what have been other resources that have helped you along the way? Other resources? Hmm. I would say Bob, very definitely. I think having someone, whether they are your life partner or a family member or a, a best friend, and if none of those things, then a valued mentor, someone that you can sound off to. Not sound off as in, sound off, but as in, right, these are my plans, these are my thoughts. The thing with Bob is, it's like I have to prove the viability of the idea to him. He wants to understand, I think he wants to understand, and I've interpreted that as I need to prove to him why what I'm talking about is a good idea. So I have this idea and then I need to go and justify it. So I think we need to invest in another property. This is the property model. Or I'm going to do this with the business and this is the idea and this will be the output of of that idea. Or my favourite one is, this is why we need to go on holiday and this is how much it's going to cost and this is how we're going to make that money so that we can go on holiday. That's always my favourite. Because he goes like, another holiday? Yes, another holiday. Um, So I I think having... Having someone, it it can be very lonely running your own Mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. You know, there were years when all I would do is go around empty houses that have been repossessed. So I would say 2009 to about 2014 were very, very lonely years. I'm running my own business and and a lot of your listeners will be running their own business. So I've run my own business and I I don't have anyone. You know, Uh my business isn't going well enough that I could justify a mentor that was going to take the business to another level because it was very much me buy houses you know it was just poodling along doing its thing and it was fine um I would go into the estate agents and I was quite friendly with the estate agents in a in an ironic way and because I went up so often um and we'd have a cup of coffee and then they'd give me the keys and then I'd go look at the houses and the houses were all empty and then I'd come back and it was almost as if my best friend was an estate agent and in some estate agents, they would send me around with a viewer. So the viewer uh-huh. guy. But but there wasn't anybody else in, in my life uh-huh. except for Bob. So you need you need a support mechanism. Yeah. I would say some people look at networking. I think you need to be very careful who you network with, because quite a lot of the time, if you don't find the right group, you'll find that actually you're maybe the more slightly more successful one in the group. And that actually everybody else in the group is starting out a business and you haven't started out. So if you're starting out a business, then find a group that supports people starting out a business. If you started your business, then find someone who's supporting people who are in business. And if you want to grow your business, find a group that will support that by Uh the other members that are in it. Equally, there can be a, a program or a mentorship program or something. And I know you do this for your women clients that is actually going to take you on that journey. And in that, not only will you learn, but you will connect with people, not only the teacher in the role that they are, the coach, the mentor, but also other people in that community that can then become important people. So I now have a a couple of little groups of um, property friends and business friends and we're we're good friends and we meet up and we share our business and it's yeah. nothing to do with we've paid to be part of a a networking event but they are people I've met throughout my life where our values have aligned we we've connected in a way that 
you know, we haven't connected with other people and we'll go out and we'll have lunches and we'll talk honestly about our businesses and the struggles that we have. And that's so important, that other connection, you know? Yes. It's yeah, not, it's it really not for comparison. It's for, it's for companionship. If you've got a job or you've ever come from a job where you had office mates, then, uh-huh. you know, you, you need to recreate that somehow. And yeah. everything on Zoom, it's not the same. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not. I think you're so right. Um, I'm just getting ready to leave a masterminding group and looking now to join another. And that's the that's the the level at which you operate on in terms of accountability to yourself as well as to to the groups that you're part of just is so different. And you want to push forward in and things that you may have thought originally were just too big to think about. Now is actually how do I do that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and you're right. You have to leave sometimes in order to move forward. And that's interesting because that idea of leaving mm-hmm. can come out in all places in your life. Yeah. You know, you will leave some friends behind. Yeah. You mm-hmm. may even leave some family members behind. Yeah. And we spoke about this because we were having a good old catch up. But before, <laughs> you, you, you may also be in a position where you actually have to put yourself first. We talked about yeah. this. Because at the end of this, this is your life, Uh right? This is your life. You are the only one that can make you happy. No one can make you sad, but only you can make you happy. Yeah. And you have to put you first. And in putting you first, then maybe some people can't keep up or don't want to keep up. Yeah. And And that's okay. Yes, exactly. Everybody's on their journey. Exactly. And you'll meet them, you'll meet them another time round when when the time is right. You'll you'll bump into one another again sometime. Yeah. But you're also going to, in in theoretically losing that one person, make space for one new person to come in. And who knows that that one new person, what role, what role they're gonna play, what they've got to teach you, what they might share, who they might connect you to, what what pebble in the pond and what ripples will come from them so it's okay it's not it's not about loss it's about growth yeah but the seeds the seeds have to leave their seed husk pod behind in order to get out yes. and then they have to leave the dirt behind in order to come out and the flower bud has to leave its little i wish i had paid more attention in biology so it just sounded so much yeah anyway <laughs> they leave they yeah. leave that bit and the petals open you know yes. but it's all part of you know, reaching up to what you what you're destined, oh, what you're destined for. You know exactly. We're exactly. destined. We're all destined for greatness. And by and um, there's um. Do you know the Marianne Williamson poem? Yes, I love it. I love it. I, love I used it. it in one of my podcast recordings just the other day. Uh, you know, it, you don't do any favors by playing a small game. Yeah. And and by staying in your seed pod. Yeah. You're not allowing anybody to see your flower shine. Yeah. Oh. You're not feeding the bees even. <laughs> no. <laughs> so from that, what I want to ask you is, what has been your biggest failure? What did you learn from that? Biggest failure? Marriage? Mm. Mm. I think marriage. I, I don't see don't see anything that I've done in business as a uh-huh. failure. I uh well I'd like to say tested things but I haven't really tested them I've probably just gone ahead and done it and not thought about it properly and then it didn't work because I'm a bit more you know like 
yeah, I would say that that everything in business has just been a lesson. And I and I hold a couple of beliefs, right? There is there's no blame. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no fault. There is just an opportunity to learn. So I don't have to beat myself up about stuff because I think that's something we can get very good at when we run our own businesses. The other thing is that there is always a lesson. And sometimes the lesson doesn't come straight away at the point where the thing happens. Sometimes the lesson comes a week, a month, a year, a couple of years down the line. But actually, there is always a lesson and it's for you to to find the lesson and enable the lesson to come to you and be be prepared to explore and then accept the learnings. That doesn't mean to say that if the lesson is, well, you were wrong to do that. I don't, I don't believe that any lesson would tell you you were wrong to do that. Mm-hmm. A lesson would tell you, huh, if only you'd done this, if instead of doing it in March, you'd done it in April, or instead of doing it on the left, you'd done it on the right, or instead of yeah. doing it with this person, or, or like you say, with, with mentoring, instead of being in that group, you'd been in that group, or, or when that mentor told you to do something, if only you'd done it, because it can equally be about what you did do and also about what you didn't do. And that's, oh, yeah, exactly. that's the last of my, um, and, it, and I think it comes from NLP, that, that I believe that everything I have in my life right now is a result of the decisions and the actions I have taken, but also as a result of the decisions and the actions I haven't taken. Yes. And therefore that ties in. So if I'm happy with my life, great. If I'm not happy with my life, what is there in my life that I've either decided to do or not decided to do that has resulted in this? And therefore I know I know the root cause. Yeah. The, the example is like my bottom's too big. Well, what's the root cause of that that problem? Putting too many Mars bars. I, I don't eat Mars bars, but I'm just giving you as an example. I eat too many Mars bars. So you eat too many Mars bars, so your bottom's bigger. Well, then you know what's causing the problem. Don't eat the Mars bars. Change yeah. the Mars bars for celery or carrots, and then maybe your bottom will get smaller. So you uh-huh. can do that with money. My money uh-huh. isn't as much as I want my money to be. Why? Because either I spend too much or I don't earn enough. Work out what it is. Fix the problem. Yeah. <sighs> what you have is the result of the actions and the decisions that you have taken and the actions and the decisions that you haven't taken. And there, ladies and gentlemen, you have it. Um, that's just it. There's nothing more to say after that, is there? Um, but what I did want to ask you next was, what is your greatest fear and how has it influenced you? Greatest fear? I don't know. Don't, don't know that. Because, you see, sorry, again, mm-hmm. fear, if you want to do the whole coachy thing, is false expectations appearing real so it, yes. I don't know that I fear um I, I suppose mildly worried that I would never get to go scuba diving again at one point you know it's like oh, when can we travel again uh but I I think if there was a fear a hint of a fear it would be that I was disappointed with myself at the end Mm. that I hadn't that I hadn't fulfilled what I'm here to do Mm. that I hadn't made the most of this opportunity that I haven't been all that I could be uh uh, that I haven't helped someone I could have helped 
that I haven't supported my children, that I haven't supported Bob, that, that I haven't been what I could be, that I that in some way I've been selfish and I've held back. <sighs> so the 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 thing is, you know, I would have been selfish in some way. I would get to the end of my life, and if I worked out what the word was, I would have been selfish because I didn't do something. I didn't make the most of something. And in not making the most of something, an opportunity, if you like, that we all have. There are so many opportunities around us. We all have these opportunities. And if I have not taken advantage of an opportunity that was offered to me, provided to me, whatever, then I would have been selfish to, to let that pass. Oh. And thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, so conversely, then, what excites you the most about the next 12 months? Uh, opportunities, the opportunities that are out mm. there. I mean, it's, you know, you and I have spoken. I recently started my own podcast. So what opportunities might come from the podcast? Um, opportunities yeah. to, you know, what I love is that that I could just go and speak to a, a group of people, a group of women or a group mm. of men and women, business owners, and in saying something, offer something to one person. And it could be to your listeners on this podcast. Mm. Offer, offer one thought that made a difference in their life for the better. Not, not ego. Oh, look, I've made Yar's life better. No, not that. Yeah. But that I offered one idea and that you can... You see, the thing with an idea and the same with an opportunity is you can look at it and you go, oh, yeah, I like that. Or you can look at it and go, hmm, I don't like that. But mm -hmm. in knowing that you don't like it, what are you going to do instead? Don't yeah. just go, oh, I don't like it and ignore it. Don't do nothing. The reason it came into your life and you recognize it and you don't appreciate it is because you should be doing something else. Or there is another yeah. opportunity for you to have. Or we go the other way around and I drop that pebble in your pond and the ripples go out and then something comes of it and and could it be that the person who solves our climate change problem or our homeless problem or the poverty problem or or you know why we have to keep having war problems uh -huh. you know is there is there someone out there listening now or that I might speak to in the future and I might say the one thing that helps them shuffle that in because in my context shuffle their life around so that they create the wealthy life which gives them the time to do the thing that is going to make the difference to everybody on the planet i don't know maybe i think so that excites yes. me that that possibility that i might set in place the change that could be the change for good and ultimately the change for a better world for my grandchildren Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and all our children and grandchildren yeah oh oh change your mind change your life mm. um uh and uh and this has just been such an amazing like oh everything has been just so amazing um so how do you fit it all in because you've done so much and you do so much and have you ever felt like you couldn't um I don't really think that I I can't fit it all in, but sometimes mm -hmm. you have to accept that there are priorities. Mm -hmm. You know, so what what's important to do right now? Um, and I think that that's something that's come out of the last couple of years is that people's values have changed, you know? And 
we can we can all do so much stuff but we're busy flicking on our phones or you know updating our social profile with either the misery because there's a lot of people wallowing in the misery or putting up the fake happy or whatever it is so it, it's, it's if you're if you're on your phone then this is like watching tv right this is how yeah. you're choosing your entertainment and you can choose happy entertainment or you can choose miserable entertainment or you can watch a tv program and i don't have anything wrong with watching tv i like watching tv it's my way to to unwind and to uh-huh. to engage in whatever the program is so that i shush shush all this noise all yes. these ideas shush, we're gonna go to sleep soon but anything else is is a you know endless oh my goodness look sheets and sheets and sheets of paper <laughs> of ideas i like to think that i'm i'm tidy i'm not mm-hmm. i want to be focused yeah i'm awful i have to work so hard at focus uh-huh. so it's one of my values my values are i am focused on creating uh-huh. wealth and success uh-huh. I can have fun and adventures with my family and my friends while maintaining good health. Unfortunately, like health that. needs to be further up the list, but it's in there. Yeah. And I work at those. Uh-huh. I work at what's important for me to be doing right now, hence the lists. Yeah. And then, you know, what does wealthy mean to me? It's about how I choose to spend my time. Well, that's part of the focus. Yes. And if I get it all right, that's all part of the success. I am successful because I have focused on creating my wealthy life. Am I enjoying fun and adventures with my family and friends? And if not, why not? Have I got the balance wrong? Am I spending too much time in job mode, which is Uh why I want to keep my time down to three days a week. So I don't work Mondays. Mondays are like an admin day. You know, the domestic stuff. Yes, yes, yes. have to squeeze into an evening or a weekend. I don't want them in the evening or the weekend. So the domestic stuff and, you know, it could be anything from getting your hair done to getting the shopping done to paying bills. It might be even domestic stuff like filing for the office. Uh Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then I don't want to work Friday. So I have Fridays off. So now what I've also set up very cleverly is that anytime I want to, I can have Monday. uh, Or the other way around, I can have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off Uh a long weekend. Yes. You know, so it's just about. What do you want your life to be like? And it is up to you to create it. Yeah, that's a, that's very, 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 very true. So what advice would you give to a woman who wants to go to her next level but isn't sure where or how to start? Ooh. That's like another one-hour conversation. <laughs> how, how, well, I think the first thing is, or the simplest thing to say is, you can do it. Mm. And I would say... I would use the, the, I have five principles for a wealthy life and I would, I would use a good four of those and saying clarity. So you, you want to go to the next level. What is the next level? What does that mean? Break it down. What does it look like in terms of your business, in terms of um, the service or the product you deliver, the people that you deliver it to, the team that you need to support you, the income that it will generate. But I would also add in, how does that affect your home life? What does that mean in terms of how you manage whatever your home situation is, whether it's with children, with a partner or on your own, what does that mean? And how are you gonna fit all this in? And then from clarity, there's control. And for me, control is around financial control. Are your personal finances in order? If not, sort them, you must. And are your business finances in order? If not, sort them, 
will your business generate enough money that it is worth you running it? So few women charge themselves out at enough. What is your uh -huh. hourly rate? You know, as a brief, I'll, I'll come back and I'll do that afterwards. Ask me if you want about the hourly rate thing. So then the next thing is resources. What have you got that you can draw on? So what are you uh -huh. good at? Where's your experience? Um, you know what financial resources have you got what contacts have you got contacts that can be clients but contacts then could be partners contacts that can be mentors so look at all the resources that you have around you and now look at how you're leveraging them and for me leverage is how can I take this thing and multiply its effect somehow so how could I take the contacts I've got and get more contacts. Well, one example is, could I write to everybody I know and ask them to recommend one person in? One email, and it's not that simple, but it's just an example. Uh -huh. One email and all of a sudden you've doubled the number of people that you know. Yeah. Um, could you work a bit harder in the social media space, like in LinkedIn, or could you create a database? So how can you take the resources that you've already identified and then leverage them staying focused on the thing that you identified in the clarity that you want to achieve and then legacy for me the last one is about what's the bigger picture what what, yeah. what is all of this for why are you running a business because again without being rude for some people it running a business isn't right because you're not there yet and that doesn't mean to say you can't be there but you haven't got the mindset right you you're maybe not clear about your product or your offering you're not clear about the finances. You're not clear about the fact that you're not clear about some of these things. And therefore, you haven't asked for help. Uh -huh. um, and so maybe what you need to do is instead of run a business, is keep your job and learn how to run a business. And only when you've got it up and running, then you run your business, because otherwise you're going to be without money. Yep. And at the moment, the way it works is there is no support for you while you're doing that. Yeah. You, know, you, you still have to have the money. That's the way the world works. And then there are other people who were just born to run their own businesses. You know, they just, they slip in, they're really good at this, they're great on marketing, they're great on sales, and they're not bad with the money, and they charge the right price, and it all just works for them. Wonderful, wonderful. But if you're not that unique little unicorn, mm. maybe they're not a unicorn, maybe they're a, I don't know, a suit, I don't know, another horse now. I've got myself down a metaphor that I can't fill up with, but you know, something rare. I can do it with under the sea. You're yeah. a whale shark. It's they're out there, but it's very difficult to find them. Mm -hmm. You're the equivalent of a land-based whale shark. Mm -hmm. you're, you're rare, then that's great for you. But for everybody else who's not a whale shark, you got to work at it. Yes. And 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 go for it. And then I said about the money thing. Yeah. If you think, yeah, if you think about how much you want to earn a year uh -huh. and I can do this exercise with 40,000 pounds so don't worry about the tax and everything else because it just makes it too complicated you want to receive 40,000 pounds at the end of, of a year that's what you uh -huh. want to earn now to make the maths nice realistically no matter what you want to do and if you're running your own business I think you should do this anyway you only uh -huh. want to work 10 months of the year because I don't know unless you're doing summer activities for school kids then business can dip during the summer. Business will dip a little bit at Christmas and business will dip a little bit at Easter when everybody goes on Easter holidays. So that equates to two months you're going to maybe not perform as much as you like, but it also makes the maths very nice for what comes next. So you're only going to work 10 months of the year. So that means you've got to earn £4,000 a month. Right. 
Now let's make the maths nice again and say that there is always only four weeks in a month, which is not true, but we're just going to do it that way around. Uh So therefore you've got to earn a thousand pounds a week. That's easy. But you don't have five days of the week if you're running your own business to earn a thousand pounds because you've got to have like your admin day. You've got to, you know, deal with stuff. You've got to, even if you manage to have a VA, you've got to spend time speaking to the VA. Uh Um, You've got to deliver your product and your service, but you've also got to market it and you've also got to do the sales. And then somehow you've got to work on the business. So you've got all of these things that you fit in. And so what I created, because I do love an Excel spreadsheet and I particularly love a colored Excel spreadsheet, was I said, Mondays is admin. Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to deliver my business. Um, On Thursday, I'm going to work on the business. So that is, you know, product creation or business development. But it's also where I will stick in my mentoring, my learning, as Uh well as my business improvement. And then on the Friday is when I'm going to do all my marketing and speak to people who want to be clients. So it'll be um, income speculating calls, you know, do having a free call with you to see if you want to be a client of mine. Yeah, I just did them linear because it was easier for me to think in little silos like that I'm going to do it but you can have it horizontal if you want you can do it any way you like uh-huh. but the bottom line is you've only got two days a week in which to do admin uh-huh. if if you are going to control your your business so that you can have the life you want you want to have your evenings off you want to have your weekends off ultimately yeah. you want to get to the point where you work three days a week so you've got to you've got to look at how you keep all of this in in a nice neat box nine to five monday to friday that's what i'm giving you and you've only got for example two days a week in which you can earn your thousand pounds you've got to charge a minimum of 500 pounds a day and depending on what your business is you've got to put in office rental or now we're all on zoom if it's a you know a service that can be delivered like this then you've got to pay for your broadband and your phone you've got your business insurance um, if you have to have a physical place that you do it, you've got to pay for that. Uh-huh. Then you need to add your business costs on the top. So let's just make it worst case. And you've got to double it. So uh-huh. now you've got to earn a thousand pounds a day in uh-huh. order that 500 pounds a day can be profit. Uh-huh. And then you divide that thousand pounds by uh, by seven days, seven hours, because I'm only uh-huh. going to let you have seven hours a day uh, to work because you need to have a lunch break. So you can see that it uh-huh. comes out at 145, uh-huh. a lot of recurring numbers. So we're going to make that 150, 150 pounds an hour. Yep. If you're not charging 150 pounds an hour, you're going to have to work more hours. You're going to have to work more days. You're going to have to eat into your evenings. You're going to have to eat into your weekends. You're going to be stressed or you're not going to make 40,000 pounds a year. And if you're not going to make £40,000 a year, but you could make £40,000 a year if you had a job, then that's the choice. Now, I used 40 because I know the numbers easily. I know that I can take 40000 and divide it by 10 months and divide it by four weeks and come out with a £1,000 a week and divide that down and double it up. And I, uh-huh. I know it's, it's my little game story to tell it. Uh-huh. If if you want thirty thousand a year, then just go through all of that and change it that way round. If you uh-huh. want sixty thousand pounds a year or need sixty thousand pounds a year to keep your family, go all the way through it and work that out. But the point is, women in particular 
Uh When they set up businesses, do not value themselves sufficiently that they can do that. Amazing. Amazing. On so many levels. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that, because I think so many women need to hear that. And it's it's a lesson that I actually learned last year because I realized I was pricing myself too low. Um, and, and initially was even afraid to charge higher than, than the rate that I'm charging now because I was, oh, no, no, people, you know, what people think. And then you realize, well, it's just like what you said, if you actually want to live a certain type of lifestyle, you're going to have to charge a certain amount in order to be able to make that lifestyle feasible for yourself. Mm. Um, and then it works back the other way around. I mean, don't get myself me wrong. You decide mm. that you need £100,000 and therefore you're going to charge £1,000 an hour. You have to be worth it. Yes. But don't let someone else, they will judge you in the sense of whether they'll buy it or not, but don't let mm. someone put you down before you've even charged a price by yes. telling you you're not worth it. And don't let one of those people that tell you you're not worth it is you. Yeah, exactly. Don't let you tell you you're not worth it. Yeah. You know, you do have to test out in the market. I mean, so Mm -hmm. many, you know, uh, when you go to someone like who does massage or or any of the therapy people, Mm -hmm. and therapy people, they're lovely, but they they lead with their heart. They don't Mm -hmm. lead with an Excel spreadsheet. And so they charge £65 for 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah. And then they got to switch over and change the towels and do change the whatever's. Yeah. So that but they're basically earning 65 pounds an hour because they've got this swap over period. You know, mm-hmm. how many if you just see what I'm doing with the maths, how much are they earning at the end of the year or how hard are they working? Yeah. In order to earn enough money. So it's about it's about that balance. It's about understanding how much you need to earn. So you go that mm-hmm. way around the, the circle. And then at the end of it is Am I actually offering value such Mm -hmm. that my customers will pay that? And if I'm not offering the value, why not? Because I haven't demonstrated my value to you. I haven't told you how many years that I've worked in property. I haven't told you how many houses that I buy and sold on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. I haven't told you about the, the millions that I've helped my clients invest. I've not demonstrated it to you through what I've done. I've not demonstrated it to you through my credibility. You know, I've written five books. I was top 25 most important people in property in the Telegraph. You know, all of that. You haven't told me all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You tell me your credibility. You prove to me what you've done. You demonstrate the value of your service and your successes. And yes, I'll buy into you. Yes. And I totally agree with that because any time it was a lesson that I had to learn for myself was that any time that I was going to buy from somebody that I knew was credible, I never thought to myself, oh, they're too expensive. I can't afford them. I thought to myself, how am I going to pay for that? So I then you then have to apply that to yourself and say, OK, this is how much I'm going to charge. I know I'm worth it. So when somebody wants to um, ask for a discounted price when I'm not offering one, it's OK for me to say, you're not my client right now. And it's okay, come back to me when you are, because I've never gone to a Tony Robbins and said, oh, your prices are too high, you need to bring them down. But I've just said when I'm able to afford it, that's when I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's a a really important lesson there. And the other thing is that if you create a business Mm -hmm. that enables you to earn the income effectively in those two days a week and do the business support stuff around the outside, get better at your VA, get more systemized at your marketing and all of a sudden you've got two half days which you can either choose to have off or 
that's when you do the bits where you work with people who can't afford you. That's when you do the bit, you know, with due respect to, to the podcast, we do right. our podcast for free. Nobody yes. is charged to listen to them, but mm-hmm. that's where we're giving out free stuff. Yes. Well, that's what you fit in those two half hours. Yes. Or half exactly. days. Yes. It's the it's the resources that you you develop that go on your website that are the free materials that support people who can't afford you now, but you're mm-hmm. still doing the nice bit of sharing some of the baseline information that that people can work on. Yeah. And then when they're ready, they'll come back. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, And then finally, what gives you a mental more mindset? I would say my family. Mm. You know, that that for me, how important family is. Uh, Some of my friends, too, are they're friends, but they're like family. So my, my friends and my family are what drive me forward and support me. You know, I, I'm so, I'll use the word grateful again. I'm so grateful. I'm so privileged to be with with people that support me in what I do, that, that put up with my lunacy and my Excel spreadsheets and all the other stuff that I get up to because they accept me for who I am. And I think that if you can get yourself into a community of family, friends or whatever that accept you for who you are, that maybe temper some of your your sharper edges you know mm-hmm. I do get told I'm I'm a little blunt or direct at times and and I'm aware of it and if I do it, I go oh maybe I shouldn't have put it that way let me just rephrase that for you you know so I just bring it in a little bit but yeah I think I think that's the key thing you know have have people that love and support you and want you to succeed around you and if you don't have that in your life step away Mm-hmm. don't don't be near people who don't want the best for you mm. so true i just want to acknowledge you vicky i want to say thank you so much for all the information that you've shared with us today i want to say thank you for being you and um, thank you for helping me on my own wealth journey um thank you for all that you do like in giving back your generosity your love for yourself for your family for all those around you you're just somebody who wants everybody to get to their next level and reach higher. And I love that about you. And I love all the work that you're doing and you're just amazing. So just keep being you. I would just like to say that if you think I'm amazing, it's because you're amazing too. Yeah. You absolutely shine. And ever since I've known you first, when you wanted to work with young people and now your work with uh, women, you know, Mm -hmm. you do, you shine at what you do. And I am, proud to know you and I and I class you as a friend and before um, I end the podcast I'd like to know where can our listeners connect with you online so I think the easiest thing is to go to the website but basically with a name like Vicky Woshay as long as you can spell it then you can find me so it's V-I-C-K-I and my last name is W-U-S-C-H-E so the website is vickywoshay.com you can find me on the podcast through Vicky Wachey. You can find the books on Amazon through Vicky Wachey. But if you also, if you come to the website, there are there are links there to the scorecard that will help you measure yourself against the five principles that I spoke about. Clarity, control, resources, leverage and legacy. So you can take a little online audit and see how you're doing against those. Um, and equally, you can find links to the books. And I've also got workbooks on there. 
so under the resources page, there are workbooks that you can find useful. And I think your listeners will find useful. So help yourself. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Vicky. And guys, just so you know, I will also put that in the show notes so that you can access all of those links in the show notes. Vicky, once again, I just want to say thank you so, so, so much. We've now come to the end. So guys, thank you so much. And we shall, well, I shall see you in the next one. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For more about me, what I do, check out my website, nextlevelcoachinggroup.com, where you can also download my free Release Your Mindset Books guide. You can also follow me on Instagram at Next Level Coaching Group or on Facebook at Next Level Lounge. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a rain and review. Thanks. See you on the next one.